0: Hello and welcome into to another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Reeves, and today we have the most special of all guests, the one, the only, Sam Riffraff Reams, my brother. Sam, thank you for joining the show.
1: Thank, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here, glad to share my inadequate knowledge of League of Legends.
0: Oh, it's going to be great because it's adequate compared to mine. Sam is a massive League of Legends fan, has been trying to stay up to the 1 to 6 a.m. stretch, which is when League of Legends matches have been airing in North America on the West Coast.
1: Yes, uh, trying being the key word in that sentence.
0: It's absolutely brutal. And now I understand how every other country feels when they're like, you we can't watch American sports like the NBA happens at 2 a.m. I'm like, okay. What goes yeah. around comes around.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's hard to catch that same vibe of like seeing things happen in the real time, just watching the VOD replays, especially when you see the results on Reddit, like right as you wake up every day.
0: Yeah, with the top thread on Reddit, the second you wake up is whatever upset happened over yeah. the night. It's like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun.
1: <laughs> it's kind of kind of hard to not know what happened when a wildcard region versus a major region has 7000 upvotes in one hour.
0: Shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Well, I'm having Sam on this show because it is world's time. We are through the play-in stage, and we are looking towards group stages this upcoming weekend. We're recording on Thursday, publishing on Friday, so you're getting all the up-to-date news on where we're at in Worlds, and we're going to be doing a comprehensive preview. First one to start with, what is Worlds? I imagine you're listening to this podcast, you're probably aware of League of Legends Worlds, but there's some pretty awesome stats that come with Riot's premiere broadcast. Last year, they had a 21.8 million average minute audience. That's the number gathered by Nielsen, so it's directly comparable to traditional sports, and that's higher than the average for the NBA Finals. It's higher than the World Series. Nowhere near the Super Bowl, so ignore that stat if you still have that one out there. But it's a staggering, staggering number. By far the most viewers for any esports event out there. They always release those music videos. They had the one that topped 300 million views, consistently becoming some sort of like music studio at this point. And then they have brought on a ton of major brands, including MasterCard, Oppo, Louis Vuitton, and a bunch more. Before we get into... Talking about the actual teams competing in Worlds, I have to ask you, Sam, as somebody who plays a lot of League of Legends, Ryan mm-hmm. introduced the brands into the map for the first time, bringing stadium sponsorship inside League of Legends. What were your thoughts on that?
1: Personally, I don't care about it because what that means is they're they're essentially banners on the side of the the map. They're like they don't they don't interfere with gameplay. They don't interfere with the, your ability to view. The game would, if you're watching esports, or if you're playing, and they bring more money in to the company, which lets them put on productions like these. So I'm all all for it.
0: Yeah, I don't care is the absolute gold standard of what you're trying to do when you put your brand in. If you put your brand in, you get all the brand exposure, and everybody's like, "Yeah, that's fine. That's that's all you can hope for." Nobody's gonna be like, "Yeah, Mastercard." It,
1: <laughs> yeah, I will say that the um, I have more of an issue and this is a basically a non-issue but it's just kind of annoying uh where in the broadcast they like insert brand names and and traditional sports does this as well with like the like bud light replay or bud light like Mm -hmm. play of the game but they've added in like the bud light ace which just gets memed in twitch chat and which is a little intrusive because it kind of interrupts the flow of the casters but i think sponsorships are overall a good thing i think they, they put more money into the championship they allow for well, we just the amazing production that Worlds is known for.
0: I'll tell all, all esports fans need to be aware. If you don't want to pay for these broadcasts, you're going to have to accept having brands all over the place. Because it happens in traditional sports, like you mentioned. Those are all over there. And traditional sports is the only reason that cable TV really still exists at this point. So you have people paying $60, $70 a month for cable TV to watch sports and then getting hit with 20 minutes of full commercials, which is not even close to what you have at eSports, plus brands all over the place. So eSports fans are going to have to accept that at this point. I hate to break it to you. It's the only way this works. Exactly. So world, world, world. It has been... Ten years now for Riot. They they doubled up on the 10 year celebration because last year they were like it's 10 years of the game being announced. So this year it's ten years of worlds happening. I'm like, ah, it's a little okay. You you guys I, get I, your double 10 year anniversary fine.
1: I, I can see it see it though. I mean it's a there's there's League of Legends, the game that millions of people play, including me, that is fine. There's people that don't watch esports in league. So like Most some people, people just like the game. So uh, th- having a ten-year anniversary for all of the casual players of the game to me is fine, and then having the ten-year anniversary of the competitive league seems like they seems like they're separate enough to warrant having two different separations.
0: Oh, I-, I get why they did it, but I was very lucky enough to attend Worlds in Paris last year. Let me tell you how much branding was around the Worlds as the ten-year anniversary of League. All the press releases have the ten-year anniversary. Ah, okay, okay. You guys just gonna <laughs> just gonna double up. That's fine. That's fine. You know, nobody... (laughs) (laughs) um, It's a a good... You're right. Fine. They can do that, and they get to celebrate the 10-year for everybody else. People just like to celebrate. It doesn't really matter. Worlds is a spectacle every single year. It could be the 17th year, and nobody would really care. Nobody's watching because it's the 10-year anniversary. They just like the branding. But last year, FUB Plus Phoenix swept G2 in the finals, and I have never heard a European crowd of sports fans be that deathly silent as they were... As that game happened, it was just a you, it was just a linear pathway downwards, where the energy is at an all time high during the intro. Louis Vuitton cup comes out, it's this crazy thing, and it's just complete downward trend for, throughout the three matches. As Fun Plus just dominates the entire match, kind of anticlimactic, but that's how it goes. And a Western region, Europe, in this case made the finals, which was the first time that had happened since season one,
1: I do believe. Uh, Season one, they won the finals.
0: Right. Fnatic gets the very first championship, and that was before the game really even took off in China. So it's (laughs) hard to... or Korea. It's kind of hard to to give Fnatic a ton of credit for that. Once League takes off, it's Korea that dominates for so long with Faker, with Samsung Galaxy, uh, and then it in the last two years has gone over to China, where I forgot who's won two years ago, but last year was FunPlus from LPL. Who was two years ago?
1: Um, Give me a sec, looking into that. <laughs> uh, it was IG. IG,
0: IG, that's right, Invictus yeah. Gaming. Yeah, and so you have LPL for two years. They're going for a three-peat and just trying to really cement themselves as the dominant region. At the same time, you've got the storylines around the West trying to catch up and EU's done a much better job, but NA has also had more success than previously with cloud nine, who is uh, notably absent this year.
1: Yes. As a, as a cloud nine fan, I have mixed feelings on that.
0: <laughs> so we'll, we'll see because they are the only uh, North American organization to have any sort of semblance of success on the world stage. And so they're missing this year. It'll be interesting to see if any other NA team can break out but first let's start with what happened in the play-in stages so we had a little bit of reshuffling covid prevented the vietnamese teams from entering the tournament because it wasn't clear if they could return to vietnam from china afterwards so it broke down into two groups of five the first group group a liquid from north america legacy esports from oceania supermassive esports from turkey mad lions from eu and ints from brazil and in this group, Liquid took the top spot in groups, which automatically qualified them. And then after winning it to, oh, they had to win a tiebreaker against Legacy from Oceania. That qualified them for the main tournament. And Ints was eliminated after losing their tiebreaker to Mad. Sam, just out of the group stage, not talking about the qualifiers that then follow this group stage. Anything surprise you? It seemed like Liquid was the favorite going in.
1: Um, see, I, w- I would actually argue that Mad was the favorite going in. Um, oh, rip. Yeah, which is one of the reasons that this playing stage has been so interesting. And I would have put Mad and Liquid as the clear favorites just because they're both from major regions. Mad finished pretty well in EU, in like EU finals. They obviously kind of choked it out at the end there. But to finish in the top of the EU, of the LEC is impressive. Um, What I was most surprised by was Legacy because Oceania is not known as a region that really competes with the major regions very often. And they, I mean, they really stepped it up.
0: Did they uh, hold true to whenever an Oceania team has been successful when watching a, a competition like the International or like the RLCS, the team is always just has the most energy. Did Legacy live up to that Oceania, just pure Australian, New Zealand energy? I don't know which one they're based on. I, uh,
1: I don't feel like I have enough information to comment on that. I i watched a few of their games I didn't catch all four of them, um, but they—they, they, I mean, they played well. Like they, a lot of times, like people attribute because, like, you have to keep in mind that all of these games are best of ones, which it will be very relevant why that's important later when we talk about OGD. But um, yeah, like they're all best of ones, and LGC got destroyed in the or LGC Legacy got destroyed in the uh, tiebreaker by Team Liquid. So, I think. Th- any team can take a win off of almost any other team in best of ones, but they like the, the Legacy took three wins. They lost to Liquid, which it was expected. I would have expected them to lose to Mad too, but they managed to pull that out, and I think that was the most surprising thing about this group.
0: Interesting. I I hadn't thought about that. So the best of ones is something. Yeah, we definitely are going to talk about. It. We should probably talk about it as we look at Group B before we move over to LGD. Definitely the big story out of Group B. Is it interesting in play-ins seeing the wide variety of play styles when you have, there's three regions that really dominate League of Legends esports, and I would like to claim that they're four. It's three. It's EU. <laughs>
1: that is correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's EU, it's LCK in Korea, it's the LPL in uh, China, and then there's the Pacific Championship Series, which used to be considered a major region, kind of got splintered a little bit, but still pretty widely represented. When you have these kind of groups, where you have a team from Turkey, you have a team from Oceania, you have a team from Brazil, and then you have one from NA and EU, do the play styles look a little different when you bring in teams from all around the world, or is it just some teams are good and some aren't?
1: Um, I think it's a, it's a little of both. I think if you look at ints with their trad... I don't know why they named their org that. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> literally the most common insult thrown at people that play League of Legends. Uh, but... I think ins uh, their playstyle would be sloppy, but Brazil is Brazil's not known for having like a really good organization or having a lot of support for their players, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Supermassive was really interesting to me because Turkey is known for having like a pretty decent support and pretty decent like facilities and and um, like resources for their players. Um, And I thought Supermassive played interestingly. They were like, they played pretty aggressive at times, but not like just like straight to the wall, like off the chains aggressive. I I felt like they, they played differently than I'd been seeing from NA and EU teams throughout the regular season. But I would say that for Group A, I think Group B is more apparent of that, but for Group A, it was mainly just an example of teams underperforming or overperforming.
0: Makes sense. Maybe Turkey, or the supermassive from Turkey decided, hey, we're going to have to take an aggressive approach. We're not the favorite coming in, so let's just go for it. You mentioned Group B. Let's run through Group group B real quickly, and you could take that point. Uh, Group B, PSG Talent from Hong Kong, Unicorns of Love from Russia, Rainbow 7, Latin America, LGD Gaming from China, and V3 Esports from Japan. How do you see that play out in this region where you have... uh, a different setup, but a lot more Asia heavy here. A team from Hong Kong, a team from China, a team from Japan, and uh, Russia, which is EU, but the vast majority of their land at least exists in Asia.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So this group, uh, in my opinion, is much more interesting than Group A. You've got well PSG Talon is a team that I knew nothing about going into this, and I think yeah, their players are they have two Korean players uh, and two taiwanese players and i'm not sure where their fifth player is from but they have like pretty they have a really good talent base they i was really excited watching them play actually because they kind of i'd never heard about them and then i was seeing them just obviously well they took a game off lgd and i was like wow they might be really good and then lgd continued to lose games and i was like okay that's not as telling but (laughs) um yeah I i thought i mean obviously the the big story around this group is the fall of lgd um, but that, that's where I wanted to really talk about the difference between best of fives and best of ones, because Le- League is a game that really benefits from having multiple games played to determine like who wins, because in every game, like the draft is so important. And for any of you who don't know League, the draft is essentially the, the process in which both teams pick which characters they want. And oftentimes games are decided during this this time. And so like having multiple games allows teams time to adapt to possible strategies that they didn't account for. Or if teams have tricks up their sleeve, they have to be careful about when they pull them out. And basically like a best of one is kind of like just like throwing two people in a room and saying whoever wins in a fist fight takes the championship, whereas a best of five is more like saying you do this f- like five times. So you have to reserve your strength. You have to play to the long game as a p- and, as well as the short game. So and that's very apparent when with LGD doing very bad in best of ones and then destroying in uh their best of 5 tiebreaker.
0: Yeah, and we've seen this happen in a lot of traditional sports as well. If you just play one game, ultimately anything can happen. To use an example from the NBA because I'm more familiar with with that, it's uh the Lakers are in the finals right now. They lost the first game of their series twice. To the Blazers, they lost the very first game of the series. Then it would just have been over. They would have been, mm-hmm. they would have been gone. And now you're in a group stage. You have more games. Then the Lakers just reverse swept and won all four. So it's like this happens all over the place. You have a college basketball tournament, March Madness, where horrible teams somehow beat Duke because they get one game. If you played three or five games, that just would never happen. And so whenever you have a best of one, especially in a game like you mentioned with League of Legends, where there's all this different nuance and strategy involved ones are just going to create some really weird upsets and we saw that with lgd lg goes one in three so you mentioned best of ones but really what the hell happened here even if it's best of ones they probably should never go one in three against these teams
1: yeah um i think it's a combination obviously everything's a combination of multiple things but i i think their their drafts were a- just horrible for their for the three games they lost and I will say that the one game they won was against, uh, V three, who was the person that they beat in the tiebreaker. So really they only won by beating that team four times, <laughs> but, um, they had a lot of draft issues. They had, uh, their mid laner underperformed a lot on UL, your favorite team. Cause their name is amazing. Um,
0: I love unicorns of love, baby.
1: Yeah. They're a really great name. Been a big fan of them ever since they were an LEC team. But, um, so I feel like a big part of LGD's downfall is UOL, in that UOL is often, it's being compared a lot to Moscow Five, which I'm not sure if you know who they are. Um, uh,
0: no, not particularly.
1: So Moscow Five was a team from, from years, ag- years ago from Russia that which was known for their insanely aggressive play style just right out the bat crazy picks the crazy like off picks and things and just a dominating mid laner and uol is looking like they're i don't know what what it is about the about russia that makes people just play insane but um uol is kind of really hard to predict they have a lot of weird picks that they've pulled out so far and they've overall looked very strong
0: what do you mean what is about russia that makes people play insane it's a russia
1: yeah, I well okay, I wasn't gonna say that. I wasn't just gonna outright say like Russia is insane, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's like, controversial. Yeah. And they have um uh actually no, never mind, sorry, that's a different team I was thinking of. There's there's one team that ha- has a player that yeah, on supermassive. Kakao is like a really old. He's been playing for years. I thought he was on UOL for a second, but he's not. But yeah, Rainbow Seven also really surprised me from this group because maybe uh, yeah, Latin America is not known for competing well on the international stage, and they managed to take two games. So, do you know
0: where Rainbow Seven's based?
1: Their region or their oh, I know they're
0: in Latin America, but like, do you know what country they're?
1: I don't know what country. I'm looking at their nationalities of their players. They have, oops, they have two people from Mexico. Three from actually, I'm not gonna pretend like I know the the names of all these Latin American or the flags of all these Latin American countries, but it, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, like they're, I, I would guess that they're based out of Mexico, but
0: I'm seeing two two Mexican flags, one Chile and three Argentinians.
1: Oh, okay. okay, I was gonna say Argentina, but I didn't want to.
0: <laughs> if <laughs> you hold the it. cursor over it. Um, for a second it pops up with the name of the Oh, line.
1: that is helpful. Yeah, that's very helpful. <laughs> I,
0: I'd like to pretend like I just rattled those off, but that's Yeah, I was funny. like, I
1: did not know you were that into um uh, what's that called? It's the study of flags. Vexology.
0: Yeah, sure. I'll take your word for it. Uh so moving on as we get over towards groups, we after the initial groups so there's the group stage then there's the play-in stages which take groups and then they have knockout qualifiers worlds is so weirdly complicated so yeah. group leads to knockout qualifiers the top team automatically goes through to worlds and the bottom team automatically is eliminated so then the middle three teams get seated against each other and play best of threes to yes. find two more teams to get through and best of those, fives by the way not best of, threes. Best of fives yeah right gotcha right they would they just most of them ended up as sweeps so it just looked like threes yeah
1: yeah there's a lot of threes when i'm looking at the the standings <laughs> uh
0: super massive beats mad but then is swept by unicorns of love to qualify shout out to unicorns of love baby and Any they, surprises there? those the
1: the those games were the, i mean three o's can be deceiving and it's like this on other sports too where you look at three oh and you're like oh they got destroyed but from what I remember of that series, a lot of the games were close and they really, they really fought it out, which is surprising to me because Mad Lions just <laughs> is really underrepresenting right now. I don't, I don't know what happened internally with them.
0: Right. Mad Lions should beat the team from Turkey and the team from Russia, just based on the yeah. league that they play in and the quality of competition they've been playing for the entire
1: uh, exactly.
0: year. So that, that is a tough one there. We'll probably see some restructure going on. I mean, they did qualify for Worlds, so at least you get that. But yeah, pretty disappointing finish there for Mad. And they, I guess, have the most disappointing finish because LGD actually figured it shit out. And they found their form, and they swept both R7 and Legacy, which they shouldn't have even had to be in that position.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> but when they ended up in it, they got through it, and so they beat R seven and they beat Legacy, and then they qualify for groups. Sort of limp in there. Uh, anything for to take away from there was that a return to form? Or was that just LGD beating two teams? It just that,
1: that was very unsurprising to me. Even though, even though, like I was loving all of the Chinese memes about LGD and like um, just them having to walk home instead of get a boss home and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, It wasn't surprising. The fact that an LPL team is performing way better in best of fives than they did in in best of one round robins is not surprising at all to me.
0: Right, makes sense. It would be a pretty, like, losing, going one to three in a round robins where you're playing a different team every game is much different than uh, getting beat in a best of five by one of these teams, and they just swept them. Both, both times yeah. out. So uh, good return to form for LGD. That takes us to groups. Do uh, yes. You want to do it group by group? Do you want to just go through it all? Let's go group by group. Okay. Um, and then we'll ask some questions over at like figure out the group of death and some favorites. Group number one, G2 Esports from Europe, Machi Esports, Machi Esports
1: from the uh, championship series. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the re- pronunciation <laughs> of that is. Uh,
0: Suning, Suning,
1: Esports? I think that's that, that one's Suning, I'm pretty sure.
0: Suning from China, and then Team Liquid from NA. So EU, China, NA, Pacific Championship Series. Who you like out of this group? Two, two <sighs> advance, to be clear to everybody. Two advance. One at the top, I'll make Sam as our guru nail who he thinks can be one and two.
1: Well, the nature of this game is very volatile. So it's it's not like... I really, I think any of these teams other than, than Machi could. Machi, I mean, and I don't know anything about Machi, so they very well could as well. But Suning is a pretty clear favorite um, just because they're a high seated CN team. Uh, G2, obviously, you can't sleep on them. They have a history of performing very well in the international stage. So if I had to guess, I would say G2 and Suning. I'm not sure which one would be first and second, but I think those two teams would be most likely to make it out. Uh, I would hope Team Liquid could make it out. Maybe with yeah, I was going to say,
0: what should our uh, should Team Liquid fans, what, um, what chance do you think they have of getting out?
1: Not not low. I mean, anything can happen. I think that uh, a lot of this is riding on the fact that I have no clue how good Machi is. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know. Machi could just turn out, like, all of the other wildcard regions have been... Sh- or all the wildcard regions have been showing up hard so they could just surprise they could knock out team liquid or take a game off g2 or Sooning. um i think Suning's the biggest worry for them uh purely because there's i mean there's the long-standing history of the western teams losing to chinese and korean teams so it seems like it's kind of a west first east rivalry at this point but i think g2 just on paper is better than team liquid um
0: I would I would have to agree just based on the, yeah. the things I know about that. I
1: think sooning on paper is better than G2 and Liquid, so
0: it, it feels like it's sooning and G2 as the heavy favorites here. Machi, uh good showing in the Pacific Championship series used to be considered when it was the League of Legends Master series, was basically considered on the same tier as the other regions, but it we we've gone from five regions down to three big ones and then na and pacific championship series are sort of in that like second tier right now but they dominated the pacific championship series this year uh first in the regular season for spring second in the spring playoffs fourth in the summer regular season and then first in the 2020 summer playoffs with a 3-0 sweep over psg talent so you know they've they've got some skill for sure nobody in worlds is a is a pushover of course so yeah it's gonna be interesting
1: I think seeing something that makes me more confident in them, or not confident, I guess, but more wanting to see them show up is the fact that uh, you said they swept PSG, right? Yeah, in the summer playoffs. Yeah. And PSG has showed up really hard so far. So it's, it'd be really interesting to see if, if PCS could like push push forward and take some games on some of these really big regions and not even just big regions, big teams from those regions. Yeah, and PSG is the only one.
0: other uh, PCS team that qualified for World, as we mentioned, going over it. They won their group that had LGD and just automatically qualified there. So PCS not a pushover by any means, and Machi got the sweep on them. So if you had to choose one that you are going to favor, it's got to be got to be Machi in this case. So uh, we'll see. It's a it's a tough group, but I do not believe it to be the group of death. Uh, do you no. think it is? No. no. Okay, let's move to group. B, that one we have Korea's Damwon Gaming, we have China's JD Gaming, PCS's PSG Talon, and then EU's Rogue. Favorites coming out of that.
1: So here we have the group of death. Ah, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is the group clear. of death. I, I don't no. think there. I actually don't think there is a super clear group of death in this um, okay. setup. But this is a very hard group, uh, and I, I, I don't think I can really confidently say anyone is going to win other than Damwon and JD. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say it. It feels like it's yeah. the clearest pick of who advances. Yeah. Like yeah. if it's not Damwon and JD, I'd be pretty surprised.
1: I mean, Damwon is the number one KR seed coming into the tournament, right? Um, they, it's Korea. You know, they're they have a they've not won a championship in a little while, but they have a very long standing of being really high quality. And JD, very good Chinese team. Um, I, I, I just think that they uh are gonna give psg and rogue some uh issues
0: yeah rogue had a, a solid year basically just a summer uh spring they didn't do anything that was remarkable summer they finished first in regular season but third in the LEC summer playoffs it's hard to to really put a lot of confidence in then making big moves against the number one seed from korea and i believe the number two seed from china
1: um i, I believe that is true
0: yeah, so that's going to be tough for them. Uh we think one, JD pretty likely if you're a betting person, that's probably where the money is. Oh, I wonder if there's odds and lines out. I want to see those cuz it's always yeah. interesting to see where uh the analytic and and the betting people place uh odds on things.
1: I'm I'm looking at the um the world the League of Legends subreddit power ranking. It's just not not a real and not like analytical ranking at all, but I'm just looking at who's favored um and That's i think, high, just, I think. Uh, yeah uh, i think they're wrong about some things and that they've listed g2 as the third highest which <laughs> i think is the uh, western influence of it being reddit <laughs>
0: yeah, you mean reddit
1: <laughs> yeah um i, I think g2 is a good team obviously they're i'm a big fan of theirs but i, I wouldn't rate them over teams like jd gaming or Sooning or even like drx or G is all the way down at 7. It's, it's like, really? They're at 8th, and I would disagree with that.
0: <laughs> Shout out to my friends at Gen G. got Gotta love that organization. Team
1: Liquid is super far down. Yeah, I don't like these rankings.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I mean, Liquid did, you know, they come from NA, which we've said is a little bit worse, but that's... they did look pretty dominant in their play-ins. And sometimes there's something to be said, too, for having the play-in tune-up as you enter where hey you just got some reps against some really good teams while everybody else has just sort of been scrimming and practicing you never really know how it comes out and liquid's you know they yeah. they can compete well so i mean let's the, talk oh so go ahead
1: so one more thing i'd like to say about liquid is they have people like to i like forget cuz there's a the, the joke that like when players want to retire they move to na and just collect like large amounts of money but <laughs> liquid have their top laner, Impact, world champion at one point in League of Legends. Their support, CoreJJ, world champion at one point in League of Legends. Doublelift, who's just Doublelift, like one of the most well-known faces and names in league esports. Like they have a very strong roster and they they can show up internationally. They've proved that before. It's just they can't show up all the way through <laughs>
0: Yeah, double lift has had a curse, but it helps to have players like Core JJ who've been in these positions before. They're not when you know if, if you're a random player in NA and you qualify for groups, that's going to shake you to your core for most players. Core JJ is like, yeah, it's groups, like, yeah, you got to be here, you got to get through here. So it's there's something to be said for people who have been there and expect to get past that when they play for a team that's in that position.
1: Yeah, I mean, Team Liquid won their last game with core JJ playing the champion that he had a skin made for him after they won the worlds. <laughs> like
0: that's such a flex
1: it's like a very big flex and it's it's kind of a reminder that like oh yeah this this the, this guy that is i'm currently playing against is the reason that that skin exists in the game
0: that's such a tilt too i love that just coming in there against especially playing against teams from like brazil and whatever regions they were playing in there it's just like They've never had any success on Worlds and you just step in with your champion skin. It's like, what are, what are you supposed to do?
1: Yeah, It's just sad when those champions fall out of meta and it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, they can't flex on him anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they can, though. Now, now it's even yeah. bigger flex, even if it's out of meta. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can win like that, then you're flexing so hard. It's crazy. Group C, Fnatic, G, LGT Gaming, Team Solo Met. So if LGD doesn't completely shit the bed in the first, uh, in their play-ins, do we see this is the group of death? Where it's top team from EU, top second team from Korea? No, third team from
1: Korea. It's second team from EU as well.
0: Second team from, oh right, G2, of course. Uh, Fnatic, G, yeah, LGD, a good team from China, again, bad performance. And team solo mid, uh, second team from NA? First First, why do they have these all messed up? I couldn't remember if FlyQuest or T- Are you T- on
1: lolesports.com or... right
0: now? Uh no, I'm on I
1: Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um This looks like a group of death when you when you just like a look at the teams that are in it. Um I think this actually might be one of the most competitive groups that that we see here. Um all pretty much depending on how Gen G and L G D play. I think Fnatic's a good team. Reckless has been is a very committed, devoted player, and I think he really wants to win. Nemesis is a kind of a shaky mid laner, so if he performs, I could see them doing really well. Um, did I mention Doublelift, by the way, uh, for TL? I think I said Doublelift was on TL, because that's not true. He's on uh, TSM.
0: Oh, God, I didn't even catch that.
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry. That, that would be... Um um uh, i should know his name because he'd love watching him that would be tactical who's been performing very well on tl so gotcha. i apologize for that um
0: yeah they have jensen that's the like legacy name on, yeah like- that,
1: that, yeah but speaking of legacy names that end in sen we have jerksen <laughs> is one of my personal favorite players um just of any team i just he's he's Bjergsen, like he's a solid rock for the team that the team can kind of form around and you've got double lift the vet- two veterans playing alongside each other broken blade obviously the turkish top laner who has been performing sometimes gets flamed called broken brain but he looks past that
0: <laughs> they have uh, all six players from different countries
1: they do which is which is interesting even their uh, backup is from a different country <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's wild. I, I don't think there's any other team yeah. that has all their players from a different country.
1: I mean, I Bjergsen's mean, basically from the U.S. at this point. He's been here so long.
0: Right. Uh, it's actually Fnatic does, I guess it's only EU that's possible. If you don't count their sub, Fnatic actually does too. Um,
1: yeah, that's more normal for European teams, though, because... sure. But like Belgium, Slovenia, and Sweden are like actually all pretty far away and culturally different, but they're all in Western Europe essentially.
0: Yeah, that that's true. There's yeah. there's a lot more crossover That's the EU stuff for you. There's just yeah. not a ton of differences. And then
1: when you look at Chinese teams, it's like all Chinese uh, players and then like one Korean usually. <laughs> I like Machi. Machi has like nine players, and
0: they're literally all from Taiwan. I love it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we think probably Group of Death. Gen G, so interesting as the only really major Korean team. Gen G, for people unfamiliar, used to be Samsung Galaxy. Went through two rebrands, which sort of got people a little confused because they became KSV Esports for like eight months, and then they became Gen G. But that has the history. They claimed those Samsung Galaxy championships. Uh, so did they? Not,
1: have sorry, did not know that. That you did not that- know that that clears up a lot of confusion that I had.
0: (laughs) Oh, interesting. I didn't, were you like, why are they claiming championships? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I knew that Samsung had like rebranded a few times, but I didn't know they ended up as Gen G. So now I do. So thank you
0: yeah the samsung blue and samsung white were the were fakers rivals during that korea dominance in the in the middle part of this past decade and winning two championships uh yeah then they became ksv very briefly in 2018 and then rebranded again as G, and the double rebrand lost a lot of people as they're trying to figure it out but yeah, that's Gen G. They are a legacy program. They have a ton of infrastructure and they've expanded into North America. Gen G does some of my favorite work. We actually had Jordan Sherman, uh, and exec over there, on this podcast very recently. We talked a lot about um, the college esports on that and sort of Gen G's work in the college space and in bringing more women into gaming. So shout out to Gen G. Love them. I-, I have biases. I, I don't care. I-, I don't make any.
1: That's, that's fine.
0: Shout out to Judge Genji. I also love TSM. TSM's good people too, so uh, it's going to be a good group. It's one I'm really rooting for a lot. I'm hoping Genji pick two to come out. Who do you think it is?
1: Um, Genji and Fnatic, or Genji and LGD if LGD plays well.
0: Yeah, if LGD actually finds the form that people expected them to have coming in.
1: Yeah, makes,
0: I sense, don't wanna, makes
1: sense. I don't want to count out Fnatic. I think Fnatic has a really high chance of making it through, and I think even if TSM performs, they could make it through as well.
0: I can see it. It it feels like the group of death because there isn't a clear like last place. When you yeah. have LGD barely squeaking in, they should be the last place, but you can't really count them out. And so, if you're going to call one a group of death, it's probably that one.
1: Um, yeah. Should we move on to Group D? Group D. Group D. Group D also very
0: very strong. DRX from Korea, FlyQuest from North America, Top Esports from China, and Unicorns of Love. Shout out. To the unicorns, what so, chance do my corns have of making so it through?
1: This group's actually very straightforward to look at because it's very clear that the unicorns of love are going to run everyone over and become the sole people <laughs> making it out of the group. Gonna be ah! um, no, um, I think this is pretty hard for Fly, quest and unicorns. Uh, DRX, very good team. <laughs> they've got Chovy. They've got Deft. They they lost a on in the finals korea and a lot of a lot of people were saying it was basically just Chovy versus dom Juan. but against other <laughs> regions they I like, would not be surprised if they just destroyed top esports extremely good um carsa is a, one of the best junglers in the league in my opinion jackie love is a great adc like they have a very very st- both have stacked rosters with really strong summer seasons um FlyQuest. is in a rough spot.
0: <laughs> hey, I like my people at FlyQuest. Trisha Sagita, the best CEO at esports. I'm not Got saying
1: it. FlyQuest the organization is. I'm saying that right now, I'm looking at FlyQuest sandwiched between DRX and TOP, and <laughs> I, I, I can't see them getting away from that. Something interesting is that um, I have Power of Evil, who is the mid laner for FlyQuest. I was became a fan of him first when he played in the in the EU for Unicorns of Love.
0: Ah, very so he, interesting. He will
1: be playing against his ex-team, which obviously is in a different region now with completely new players. So that's just something interesting to think about.
0: But the unicorns of love branding stays on. Yeah, FlyQuest, really interesting uh story from this year, especially in NA, sort of surprised a lot of people. They've been led by Wild Turtle for quite a long time. He's been with the organization since 2017. Uh I talked to Trisha about their team's success in spring and she was like, we really want to do this with the players that have been here. So we had, you know, with how quickly people move around, they have players from uh, 2018 as well, Santorin. And then uh, they brought on a couple new ones this year, which brought a ton of success. They ended up finishing second in both the spring and summer playoffs. And then uh, yeah. And then it's fourth and third in the regular season. So, you know, the best year FlyQuest has ever had ever since they were uh, League of Legends Academy team and got bought out. Uh That was FlyQuest, right?
1: That was FlyQuest. Oh, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, that was in 2017 after the uh basically Cloud9's Academy team qualified and then they went into franchise and they were like, well, now we have to sell. And so they sold the spot to FlyQuest. And this was the best year they've had so far. They have a big focus on the environment within their organization and I love that. So, shout out to FlyQuest. I'll be rooting for them. Uh but I think both my two of my favorite teams, the Unicorns and FlyQuest are about to just get run over, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> if if UOL makes it out of groups, they are going to win the world. Yeah. That's yeah. my I prediction think- right now. Go make your bets based on that cuz I'm a genius.
0: I wonder what the betting odds on, on a Unicorns of
1: Love world. The unicorns win. of Love full sweep don't drop a single game.
0: I believe in it. I believe that, in it.
1: That would be like the best ending to this year that I could imagine.
0: <laughs> I certainly think so as well. They are the only team left in groups beyond those as we've mentioned. There's these three major regions, EU, China, and Korea. and Then there's the two under regions, NA, and pcs and unicorns of love is the only other team playing out of russia again they used to compete in the lec but once lec franchised they moved over to russia they're the only team not in one of those five major ish regions uh to make it here so everybody better be rude for the unicorns of love because they're about to get stomped but they're amazing i love them they're they're great they're gonna be fine they'll be fine Great. they'll be fine tell me what i want to hear Confidence. Okay, let's talk big picture here. We talked a little bit about what the group of death looks like. We think it's group C, but really not a clear one. Which group do you think a North America team is the most likely to make it out? So your choices are FlyQuest in group D, Team Solo Mid in group C, and Team Liquid in group A.
1: Uh huh. Well, I'm looking at all of these groups and i would have to say i think it's liquid maybe no probably not <laughs>
0: yes, no uh for, for 18 makes it out of groups like like if you had to estimate like 20 percent.
1: i mean it's a pretty volatile game and anything can happen so and they are playing best of ones to determine who gets out of groups 20%, yeah, 20% sounds okay.
0: <laughs> With that in mind, it's a volatile game. Yeah, yeah 20%. I've, I've, I've
1: played games and taken chances way less than 20% before.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's, a top good, top it's not a like good three idea. Of three different teams. Um,
1: <laughs> you want to ask me what's the chance that a Korean team gets out of a group? 100%. Fairly high, yes.
0: <laughs> 98%. <laughs> okay, so if you had to pick one, you're picking Liquid?
1: um no (laughs) tsm (laughs) (laughs) i just i don't think any of them are gonna make it out of groups tsm tsm lgd is gonna throw and Fnatic's gonna drop two games to them
0: there you go there you go gen g and tsm come out of group c that's the that's na's best hope which is so incredibly sad uh my, we covered do my unicorns stand a chance the answer is in my heart yes in my brain no uh,
1: <laughs> as long as you gotta they're the unicorns man you gotta believe in them
0: which group do you think is the weakest group overall
1: Ooh, i'd have to go group a and that's not i'm not trying to discount the strength of g2 and Suning, and i don't know the strength of maki or machi so i can't really comment on that but looking at i mean damwon is insanely strong jd is insanely strong rogue and psg have both showed up pretty or rogue's a decent team but i don't think they're going to win um
0: i think it has to be group a for one one simple reason do you know what know that what that reason is what it's the only region that does not have both a chinese and a korean team in it
1: that is a good reason i'll take it <laughs>
0: I think it's the only you've got two of the the drop downs. You got EU G two esports, obviously a successful team, but uh, quite a few of them have you know Group B has a Korea team, a Chinese team, and an EU team. Uh, same Group C has a yeah EU Korea China. Group D has Korea China, uh, NA and CIS. But the Korean China team um, better than G two and suiting we think. Like if you had to if you had to pick DRX or top esports, or G2 or Suning? Which which duo do you think is stronger? Um, Wait, say that again? G2 or Suning, if you had to, oh. if you had to put oh, a, uh, one of these programs true. winning, would you pick both either G2 or Suning, or the other option being DRX or top?
1: That's a good, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to go with DRX and top.
0: I think that's probably the safe bet. Until a Western team actually wins Worlds, it's really hard to bet on one of them. Uh, should we just say EU at this point? Should we stop be saying like like the West should it just be?
1: Yeah, we can get rid of the wildcard regions.
0: <laughs> we could we could just you know accept the fact that it's EU trying to elevate to the top level, but they're not going to get there. But they have to drag the anchor that is NA along with them.
1: Yeah, well, they don't, I can just cut it off. It's fine. <laughs> They're
0: fine. Um, They're like, ah, okay. You guys have I, to keep up.
1: I will say we could be seeing kind of type of thing like you know it's really common in anime it's a lot where it's like it's the the antagonist misjudges the protagonist's strength because it's so powerful that he can't even see it. Uh, I think UOL could be could be that that protagonist maybe.
0: UOL is One Punch Man.
1: UOL is the the star of a shonen anime. <laughs> it's just like it looks like a fourteen year old kid, but for some reason is the strongest person in the world.
0: Oh, i love it i i'm all about this so with that being said besides unicorns of love who is the favorite to win the whole thing give me your your one two and three just just initial reaction to initial,
1: me- initial reaction i'd have to go with um well <laughs> Damwon, um t.o.p and pro uh I'd say Damwon and TOP, and then it could be any of the second or third seed Chinese or Korean teams as well.
0: Really stand to your convictions there. What chances G two have? They look like the best EU team. Maybe Fnatic. Okay, question.
1: They do. Um, I think it depends on how the knockout stage goes. In that, like, if G two gets out of groups and then gets like a rough run, like right into to damn on in like the semifinals or in the quarter or not quarterfinals, but in the semifinals or quarterfinals, actually, now that I think about it, they could get knocked out early before they really get their flow for the bracket. Um I think if they get lucky and if they play well, they, that they definitely have a chance of making it to finals and a chance of winning too.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's go G2. But
1: same oh. for Fnatic as well.
0: What are the chances we see one of those two EU teams in the semifinals?
1: Um, I would say low, but not not astronomically low. I would probably say like 15 to 20. And keep in mind, I'm not an expert in this in any way. These are just my my casual observer thoughts. But um, I would say like 15, 20%. Everything's so different this year just because of the, I mean, obviously with everything going on in the world and the pandemic and every, and it's just caused a lot of disruptions in the normal flow of things. So I don't know, this could be the year that um, China or Korea gets taken out by a different, different uh, region.
0: I could hopefully see it. You know, it's interesting being based in Shanghai when you can't travel at all. I think there's We've seen a little bit of this in the NBA, or they did a bubble system. It's probably the most uh, best comparison into a bubble like atmosphere, which is what Worlds is supposed to be held in. And it's a little draining on the team's mental health. If you don't have the best communication when you're suddenly all tied together and in really close quarters to make sure that you don't catch the coronavirus. Yeah. It, it's highlighting teams that have good chemistry and ones that, That don't, and so you know, even if you have random skill, you have to make sure all the players are sort of on the same page, and so that's you know a consideration that is always important, but is heightened a little bit during this time in this situation.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was also hard too because a lot of times, obviously, when when teams travel to a new country to participate in worlds, they for the most part just play like scrim games and they do boot camps on the server that they're playing on, but like a lot of times too they. In between or after games, they'll or after they're knocked out, they'll take, like, kind of morale-boosting trips. They'll go visit places in the country they've gone. They'll go get, like, traditional food or go, go experience places. So that's obviously not a thing that can happen very well. Not to mention that when they first arrived in Shanghai, they had to undergo a two-week quarantine. So basically just locked in a hotel room for 14 days playing solo queue. It's enough to make any man go insane.
0: So, <laughs> that's actually dante's fourth level of of hell
1: <laughs> the shanghai solo queue hell
0: <laughs> it's a special type it's a special type
1: yeah
0: oh that's a that's an interesting point too the quarantine being that did all the chinese tubes have to do the same thing
1: um the chinese teams had their own have their own houses mm,
0: could be a could be a if, if China didn't need anything more again back-to-back champions in normal times and now we have uh, Shanghai bubble which sort of leans leans towards them. Which region, on taking coronavirus out of account, is China absolutely the best region, or has it been? You know, Korea still did have a long string and they've been right around there. Just the couple wins in the championship doesn't necessarily mean the crown has completely shifted. Uh, I think if China wins this year, it's hard to argue when you have three in a row. What do you think right now? Is Korea still stronger than China or has the balance of power like officially shifted already?
1: Um, I would I would have a hard time answering that with anything other than China is the best. They consistently have competed the hardest in the last few years. Um, obviously, after the, the reign of Faker, Korea had some reshuffling and a lot a lot of kind of leapfrog type action of teams getting good winning a a summer split or something and then the next spring split they end up like fourth or fifth and then a new team that kind of repeats um na and eu aren't in the question uh mainly na (laughs) Uh, i I hate just ragging on my own region but it's it's so true they just under underperform constantly but yeah I, i would have to say china or a definitive answer.
0: Gotcha. So my last question was, are we going to see the gap between regions continue to close a bit? But over, as we've talked about this, is this where we see the different gap? It's always been, can the West catch the East, but in this time, it feels like, is this where we see EU officially drop NA and ascend to that place where they have to, I, I don't think they ever fully ascend until they actually win worlds, but they've been so close consistently yeah. If, say, Fnatic and G2 both make the semis or something like that, which last year happened with an NA and an EU team, right? It was Cloud9 and G2 and a and Fnatic. Yeah. There was three Western teams in semis. Fnatic, Fnatic. Yeah.
1: Fnatic made um Fnatic made finals and G2 made finals uh, the last two years in a row. Semi-finals. No, finals.
0: Oh, oh, I got you. Right. Fnatic made it two years ago and then G2.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Fnatic uh, got destroyed by IG and then G2 got destroyed by FPX.
0: Yeah, which is so... That last year was so brutal because everyone was like, wow, it's we have three out of the four teams in the semifinals. It's it's finally the year that a Western team is going to win. And then FTX is like, oh, hi, we're still here.
1: (laughs) I was like, you forgot about China.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're good. We're fine. Oh, you guys are happy and excited that this is in Paris? We don't care. We are going to destroy you. Yeah. Good times. All right. Well, I think this ends up our massive worlds preview sam do you want people to know your league of legends username
1: absolutely not
0: (laughs) are you a plat hell right now
1: um i have currently been playing uh unranked games with lo-fi hip-hop in the background playing burst assassins because it makes me feel good
0: That is the secret indeed. I love the lo-fi hip-hop in the background. It's my secret to playing Rocket League as well. Awesome. Well, brother, thank you for joining the show. This was an absolute blast. I'm so excited to actually have my my one and only brother on the show to talk about League of Legends. You were great.
1: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, To people listening to this, know that I am an expert at League of Legends and everything I just said is true
0: everything is true hey he knows more about it than i do i will 100 percent say that bet on so, you
1: bet on you all.
0: bet on unicorns of love baby it's the only thing you can do support FlyQuest. support uh your na teams because they'll be out soon and then you can support the team that you actually think is gonna win so
1: <laughs> send, send the players some love on twitter like they, they get a lot of hate
0: yeah they get a lot of hate don't hate on players because they're worse than other players that's only one of these teams gets to win don't, don't be mean
1: and it's not NA, an
0: and it's probably not. But hey, once FlyQuest <laughs> wins this championship, I'll have you back on. Hey,
1: I, yeah, I would. I would buy like a FlyQuest jersey or something if they won.
0: I already got mine. Shout out to FlyQuest. Uh, all right. Well, that is all for this episode of the Esports Network podcast. We've got more episodes lined up for next week. Not entirely sure of which days I'll be publishing. Which, but if you're interested in college esports or competing for a college esports program, you might want to check out the episode I just published on the College Esports Quick Take Feed. I interviewed uh, one of the execs behind the esports combine, it's a new event that allows players who want to compete in college esports a chance to showcase their skills and sort of can get connected with college esports maybe get a scholarship in the process so if that fits your bill if you're interested be like how do i get noticed by a college esports program esports combine great way to do that check out that episode which is live right now on the college esports quick take feed thanks for listening everybody i will be back next week with some more great episodes